Hi over there. This is Tony Campolo and Shane Claiborne. And uh, the name of this show is From Across the Pond. We're here every week at this time. And we interview some of the most fascinating people in the world. Uh, today we have an extraordinary guest. Uh, extraordinary because both Shane and I think that she's extraordinary. Uh, Amy Butler. She is the uh, preaching and senior pastor at the great Riverside Church in New York. If you ever go to New York City, uh, on the upper uh, west side, this towering church. I, I mean, it, it's a skyscraper. Uh, and uh, the uh, church is one of the most beautiful buildings in New York City. It's a tourist attraction, to be perfectly frank. And uh, the inside of the church is magnificent. The uh, stained glass windows were patterned after the stained glass windows in the Chartres Cathedral in France. She's the pastor, mm. and the church has an incredible history. It was pastored originally by Harry Emerson Fosdick, who was the guy who actually invented the word fundamentalist. Mm. It didn't exist until he used it. There was a series of books defending the Christian faith, and uh, it was, they were called The Fundamentals of the Christian Faith, and he preached a sermon entitled, Shall the Fundamentalist Win? She comes in the pulpit of some of the most progressive sounding and effective uh, Christian leaders that America has ever had. Yeah. And she's living up to the reputation. Shane, do you want to say something more about Amy? Well, uh, Pastor Amy is also a red letter Christian, aren't you, Pastor Amy? <laughs> Yes, you are. I am. I am. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This is great. I, I've been looking forward to having you on, and I, I know everybody's going to love uh, hearing you. So, um, well, tell tell us uh, a little of what what it uh, how you got there. I guess first of all, you're, so you're, you're and you're also the first female senior pastor there. Is that right? I am. What an honor to be on with with both of you. You know, I um, I grew up an evangelical. I consider myself an evangelical. And uh, much to the shock and horror of a lot of my congregation members when they found out <laughs> that <laughs> secret about me. <laughs> I remember during the interview process, someone said, I read on your blog that you're an evangelical. And the whole room just sort of gasped. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. You know, we, it was just like built into me from the, the day I was born. So, Well, you know, you had a predecessor. Um, and not the the former pastor, but the one before him went to Bob Jones University before uh, he went on to seminary. Did you know that? I did. I did. You, you, you keep that hush hush, don't you? I yeah. did. I did. What have been your um, challenges well, my, there? My story is pretty uh, um, strange. I grew up in Hawaii. My father is a Native Hawaiian activist, a community organizer. My parents are proud evangelicals. Mm. Um, I. Uh, was, um, you know, <laughs> brought into maturity on um, focus on the family, and I'm still still here to tell about it. I, uh, <laughs> I was going to go to Wheaton College to marry a pastor, as you do. Get the ring and, by spring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I didn't get in, and what I always say is I know they're thanking their lucky stars they dodged the bullet. Yeah. So I... <laughs> and, I went to college at Baylor University, and um, that's where my big liberal shift happened. I became a Baptist. Oh, my. So, my. There we have it. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Southern Baptist, <laughs> no less. That's right. I was ordained Southern Baptist at St. Charles Avenue Baptist Church in New Orleans, and then uh, 
pastored a church in Washington, D.C., Calvary Baptist Church. That's where I first met you, Shane. Yep. Um, That's where we first encountered you. Jesus for President tour when I met you. Um, Boy, that. There was a lot of banging drums in the sanctuary, and all the old ladies were scared. That's what I remember. Oh, bless them. Boy, we we might need to do that tour again together, uh, Pastor Amy. (laughs) Yeah. That would be fun. Here you are with the, perhaps the most diverse congregation that I've ever heard about, because you have uh, people all across the theological spectrum at your church. Uh, the church has a reputation for social activism. Uh, what has been your greatest challenge? Well, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good question. Well, I think from a from a congregational standpoint and. From an organized religion standpoint, I think um, being a woman has been a challenge in a bigger way than I expected when I first came. Um, And, you know, I'm coming to this conversation after being kicked out of my sanctuary by the security guard last week. Again, this happens to me all the time. Um, Just just, uh, the surprise that people have about me being in this pulpit and me being the leader has been um, wearying to me in a way that I did not expect. That's Um, interesting. I I spoke up at Riverside Church uh, a few years ago, and man, I got this letter in advance making sure that uh, I used language that feminists would agree with hmm. and uh, making sure that I didn't use any uh, language that would offend feminists. And the schools, the church seemed to be overly committed uh, to uh, gender equality. Uh, I wonder what that was all about. Well, there's a difference between being politically correct and then it actually happening. And I think this church, one of the things I love about this church is they're always they're always going there, and then they're surprised when they get there. <laughs> I think uh-huh. that happened when they called Dr. Forbes to be pastor. He's the first African-American pastor of the church. They thought it was a great idea. Then he showed up and started preaching in his Pentecostal way, and everybody was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, has a Pente- he had a Pentecostal background. I mean, when I say your right. church is all over the place, that's all over the place, isn't it? That's right. That's right. And But, you know, they're good sports about me being me being the pastor, and I think we're getting used to each other. It's been five years, so, mm. you know. It's a citadel of, of uh, social justice and social activism. Could you talk about some of the programs going on at Riverside Church in New York? Sure. We have a lot of social um, social service programs going on, which, which gives me pause. Uh, I think they're really critical, and I want to think about how we, um, we take those programs and we, we turn them into um, uh, tools for changing the systems that cause those programs to have to happen in the first place. We have a, a large uh, food pantry that is currently now uh, under a lot of extra stress because the government shut down. Mm. We have a, a clothing closet. We have a program for returning citizens um, where they they come and gain some skills and support for re-enter, re-entry after being incarcerated. We have a barber training program, which is wow. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. And... Um, Give folks skills to go out and start their own businesses or earn a living as a uh, as barbers. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
So in, in, I never heard of a church doing that. That's a new one for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great program. You can come get a haircut for free, too. No, you know? no, you, no, you don't need one, but I, I could use uh, one. Never, sure. uh, uh, never for me, because, uh, <laughs> as you know, there isn't much left on my head. I, I, uh, I uh, have a marble top. <laughs> I, just heard, a, I just heard a friend say, uh, you know, the, the, the Lord knows the number of hairs on her head. He's like, that, that's not too hard, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> easy going. So when you, but you know, Pastor Amy, you get a really good pulse of what's, happening in the church and and i mean in our our culture too but you're you're bridge building a lot of worlds and what what do you what do you see that gives you hope and that gives you pause right now as far as like the future of the church and where where we're headed right now well i always uh i i believe very deeply in the, in the institution of the church in whatever way it's expressing itself and I, I think that God is is not finished with us yet. I think, Shane, if you and I were going to start a church, we probably wouldn't come up to the middle of Manhattan and buy two blocks of Manhattan real estate and build the tallest church in America. <laughs> I mean, I think but the heating think, bill and the air conditioning bill there has got to be uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty tricky anyway. But. How many employees do you have right. at that church, by the way? Oh, I just found out there's 21. I used to think there was 20, but there there's actually 21. I just found that out. Just uh, to keep the place ago. going. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? No, but I think we're this strange and amazing place in institutional church life in America where we're we're pretty desperate, and mm. I think that's, that's a beautiful place because it's where uh, new things are born. And... I, I feel like it's such a gift and honor to be at Riverside Church at this moment, and our calling is to sort of explore what the church moving forward might look like. These mm. big institutions that were were entrusted to us, um, because I, I think a lot of America is just flailing right now. American churches just, they don't know what, what to do because they don't look like they did in the 1950s. Yeah. And... Um, I think we've been this great opportune time to sort of try something new. We, what do we have to lose? We're, we're dying anyway, right? Yeah, that's good. I was at a, uh, a speaker at a conference of Methodist bishops, if you can imagine that. And the guy that was leading the meeting stood up and said to this group as he started the meeting, he said, if the 1950s ever come back again, we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's a pretty good statement because I think the church is tuned as though we're living in 1950 instead of uh, uh, 2019. I mean, it's a it's a strange situation where we feel ourselves becoming more and more irrelevant. And I'm wondering how you handle that at the Great Riverside Church, which many people look to for leadership in the progressive uh, community. Yeah. Oh, I think it's all about taking risk. Now is our moment. It's the opportunity to throw it all to the wind and see where God's going to take us. I mean, you guys probably are having these conversations all the time with our colleagues who are terrified about losing their jobs, about losing the, the stability of, of uh, whatever the institution seems to represent. I say, like, if there was ever any, like, passion that we felt about serving Jesus and preaching the gospel. Now's the time to just grab it and go. Mm. Let's, let's, let's throw it all to the wind and see where God is taking us. 
<laughs> sermon topics. What have you preached on lately? He's trying to steal some material. Yeah, that's right. I need all the help I can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did something unusual during Advent that I've never done before, and that is I preached on the same text for four weeks in a row. Have you ever done that? No, I've never done that. I can't even remember what I preached last week. Four weeks in a row? Wow. And, and what yeah, was it? What was the text? Week, I was really, I was really cursing. That was a terrible idea by the second week. No, it was Mary's song. Oh, yeah. Song, the Magnificat. And I just thought, first of all, it's about time we start listening to the women around here. And second of all, those are some of the most subversive words <laughs> in the gospel. It is amazing. <laughs> just, just cite some and, of the subversive things it says in that great Magnificat passage uh, that was so controversial. Because I don't think a lot of people are aware yeah, of what's in may, there. may not be familiar with it, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Mary's amazing song about the powerful being brought low and um, the hungry being filled with good things and the rich going away empty. It's like talking about like society turned on its head and the power structures that we understand being completely inverted. And I just love the idea that these were words that were uttered by a woman and before Jesus even showed up. Yeah. So, well, well let, and you know, it, 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 I saw someone that just uh, wrote a piece yesterday saying like um, that, that you read that passage, you know, the, the hungry are filled with good things, the rich are sent away empty. And you're like, and, and people think that some of our new, young, vibrant women senators and congresswomen are, are, are radical. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But you just had uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez there, right? Is, is that right? Yes, we had her there on Monday. Boy, she was great. And she is. So this is uh, for for folks that may not know who that is. She's she's definitely uh, in the spotlight right now as uh, one of our incredible young women uh, that is in the new Congress. And she's also a deeply committed Christian. Uh, she she's talked about Jesus as the refugee, yeah. <laughs> right? And and uh, uh, but so I'm interested in how you're navigating the the fusion of almost like kind of a public theology and also, you know, uh, uh, still being a pastor there. Like, so, so how, how does that come about that you have a, you know, uh, a congresswoman there and uh, do you talk about faith and politics? Those are the, the taboos, right? Right. So, oh, thanks for that question. You know, you asked me earlier what the biggest, uh, um, um, difficulty has been for me, for me personally, this is where it's been. And you all have more experience on this than I do, but um, where I'm being called and invited to to step up and to speak out in, in public ways on issues that people often consider uh, taboo um, issues that should stay in the political realm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is new for me, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. That was my radical move, as you recall. And um, Baptists love to talk about the separation of church and state, and I think <laughs> we have, we have used that as an excuse not to speak prophetically about issues that are happening in our corporate life. You know, politics is just about the way that we order our corporate life, and we as Christians bring a lens of the gospel. Uh, to bear on that conversation. You know, the separation of church and state is about not allowing the government to control uh, religious freedom. That does not mean that we don't speak about the issues that right, are right. Affect, 
affecting us that if we don't, we're, 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 uh, I just, uh, that makes me, that makes me crazy. Christians need to be speaking up in a way that, that brings the lens of the gospel to bear on our corporate life. So we, we got to pause just for a second. We're going to dive right back into that. But uh, we, for, for folks that might just be uh, joining us, this is Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo. Uh, the name of the show is Across the Pond. And we uh, are talking this week with uh, Pastor Amy Butler from the iconic Riverside Church in New York City, uh, also a dear friend and an incredible leader uh, in, in our country right now. And... Um, specifically talking about this fusion of faith and politics. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is uh, so, some of, of our, you know, our, our fellow evangelicals like Jerry Falwell has so separated faith and politics that he, he just said that he doesn't look to Jesus when it comes to forming his political beliefs. You know, as he talks about it, it says this, Jesus is totally irrelevant to anything in this world and uh, just came to teach us how to live individually and to save us from hell. And, you know, you're, you're navigating that in a, in a real different way, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's not exactly your message. <laughs> well, I mean, that just made me mad when I read that. How about you? <laughs> well, it kind of humored me and that, uh, it, it just I was like, at least he's on it. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah mean... I, 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 I mean, that, that's, that's a, when I, when I was reading, I was like, wow, he's actually saying like, I, I don't, I, I cannot hold my fidelity to Trump and Jesus together. They're like magnets that the more you try to push them together, they just push yeah. each other apart. And, people, yeah. people like Jerry Falwell, uh, their theology goes something like this, that the Sermon on the Mount, the ethics of those who want to live out the kingdom teachings of Jesus as they are set forth in the fifth, sixth, and seventh chapters of Matthew, belongs to another, here's the word they use, dispensation. After Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom here on earth, then we can live according to those principles that Jesus laid down in the Sermon on the Mount. But for here and now, we've got to set those things aside and get on to what they call real politics. And man, some of the religious leaders in this country are into real politics. And what they mean is the right-wing, almost uh, uh, extreme right-wing, uh, philosophical concepts that we are hearing in groups like Le Pen Party in France and uh, neo-Nazi parties in Germany. Uh, it's scary. Yeah. Well, I hate to say this, but I, I think that some of the some of the vestiges of my childhood uh, religious education sort of lend lend us toward this. You know, this sort of idea that um, what happens here on earth doesn't really matter as long as you say the sinner's prayer. Because what what really counts is what happens later, and I think that's really set us up for for this kind of of crazy talk. You know that radical sermon that you've been preaching uh, from uh, the Book of Luke on Mary's great uh, response to the annunciation that she's going to give birth to the Savior. I belong to a overwhelmingly African American congregation. I remember the first time they preached that in my church, and the guy was saying uh, from the pulpit, he shall bring down the mighty. And these beaten down people were saying, thank you, Jesus. Mm. He shall lift up the lowly. And they were saying, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He shall feed the hungry. Thank you. And they're clapping their hands. And those rich folks, he's going to send them away empty. And you realize that the, it had a completely different ring 
when uh, preached in the context of poor and a beaten down people than those verses have when they're read among the rich and the powerful. Mm. So I'm sure you had a great time with that. Uh, where do you think? Well, it's, it's funny, you know. Like I'm, I'm preaching in this huge, huge church that was built by John Rockefeller. There's a lot of people in my congregation who work on Wall Street. So um, it was interesting to think about how these words are going to fall on uh, folks who are sitting in the pews who are very, very wealthy. Um, but there's there's something to be said in these words about writing, writing wrongs that we've we've allowed to to get out of whack. Mm. Yes, and when you use the Bible, it sets them off balance because you're no longer talking as Amy Butler. You're talking what the Bible says, yeah. and uh, that's Billy Graham kind of stuff. Yeah, the I, Bible says, the like, Bible says, the Bible says these radical things. It's not me. It's the Bible that's saying these radical things. I like that old well, you know, uh, I, that, that old saying that uh, the, 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 when you really know you've heard the gospel when it comforts the disturbed and disturbs the comfortable. And uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. the message that, that I always hear you bringing, Pastor Amy. What's your hope for well, your... Well, you, you, all mentioned, you all mentioned that, you know, there, there's been so much social justice preached at this church. And, you know, as an evangelical, as you know, I, I worry that we, that we get so political that we forget the message of Jesus. Right. And I was talking to a friend, a friend about this, like, how do I hold the balance? And he said, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. When you preach the gospel, it is necessarily political. Yes, and, yeah. And, and that is the truth that I just hang on to as tight as I can. So we, 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 Tony and I just, uh, you know, we've had a couple of these red-letter revivals. we got to have you down to preach at one, I think. But uh, we, we actually got to do an altar call and invite people to Jesus. And we had uh, a number of folks that for the first time um, came forward and committed their life to Jesus. And it was such an incredible thing. And to also feel like they are, they are doing that in the context of, uh, preaching that is connecting the gospel to the world we live in, and I, I think that's a great word. Do you do, you do altar calls up there at Riverside? <laughs> this is a big conflict in this church. I think it goes back to <laughs> Dr. Forbes, but we're going to have a um, preach-off this fall, Yeah, and and we will be having an altar call. I've been telling everybody so they're ready for yeah, it. Yeah, get them ready. Well, you know, yeah, uh, when I that's preach right. When I preached there during uh, Dr. Forbes' ministry, uh, I gave an invitation. Now, I didn't have people come down the aisle, but I did have people raise their hands and uh, say, on the way out of church, if you raised your hand this morning, would you please announce that to the pastor as you shake hands leaving the sanctuary? So, And there was a response. I guess it wasn't a great response. It wasn't a Billy Graham kind of response, but I guess about 15 (laughs) people raised their hands and said, I want to— take seriously the Lordship of Christ. Now, but before we go, but, it, okay. it, we, I just wanted to say we, we got just a couple minutes, but, you know, it was, it was there at Riverside that Dr. King named the giant triplets of evil, right, in the, in the famous Riverside speech, and he said that, that he named them as uh, uh, militarism, racism, and materialism. And uh, uh, I, I wonder, you know, 50 years later, as you, you think about, um, you know, racism, materialism, militarism as a triplet, uh, would you name anything else? Would you add or take away from that? <laughs> well, you know, we, we did this. It was 1967 that he preached that uh, that big sermon in, in the Riverside Dave. And so we've just done the 50th anniversary a couple of years ago. And what was really shocking to all of us is that 
um, those big three are still so yeah. pervasive in American culture. Like we can still keep calling them out. Mm. As, um, um, and, and all, I think all of the problems that we're experiencing now can be tied in some way to one of those three. What do yeah. you think? Yeah. You know, uh, you're part of the red letter Christian movement and, uh, we are pleased with that. And those of you who are listening who want to become Red Letter Christians, go to our website, redletterchristians.org. Find out all about this movement that has a simple message. We want to take Jesus seriously. We want to take Jesus at his word. There's nobody more radical than Jesus. Let me just say, uh, you might be progressive out there at Riverside Church, but I'll tell you this, uh, you're just approximating the message of Christ as it comes forth uh, do you want to say some closing words before we wrap up? Well, we're we're uh, we'll have to do this again, Pastor Amy. We'll have to get back up there to Riverside. I'm going to be up there in a few weeks, as you know, bringing the forge and melting some guns down. So I I hope I can get you to take the hammer and beat on a gun with me. And uh, until I will do that. <laughs> thanks so much for being on the show with us. Uh, thanks everybody for listening in. We've been talking with uh, Reverend Doctor Pastor Amy Butler from Riverside Church. You can find her uh, at Pastor Amy TRC on social media. Her blog is talkwiththepreacher.org. We're on every week at this time, so join us next time. This is Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo across the pond.